Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and we're back on a Monday for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of our BTSC, that stands for Behind the Steel Curtain audio platform. Make sure you check out wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, doesn't matter. Follow, subscribe, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing, not just my show, but I'm talking about Dave Schofield's Stat Geek every Thursday, the live mic with Michael Beck, who's the deputy editor of Behind the Steel Curtain on Tuesdays, and then all of our afternoon shows. I do want to say a quick shout out, congratulations to all the podcasters that uh, ever do shows that are also simulcast live on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com and search BTSC Steelers Radio. And we just surpassed 7,000 subscribers. For a lot of people, that's nothing. It's, eh, is this really anything to talk about? For us, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, I, I remember it was probably about three years ago, maybe even more. Actually, I think it goes back to, shoot, I don't know how long it's been since I started this YouTube channel. But I started the YouTube channel strictly for increased audio, better audio. The sound, wanted we wanted the sound of our podcast to be better. And so we started doing these shows live on YouTube and really no one watched and we really didn't care about the YouTube channel all we wanted it was for the audio well then next thing you know there's people that start chiming in and you get to know these regulars and the live chat that happens during the live shows when they're simulcast every single evening Monday through Friday 
Well, you kind of get to know, well, it starts to gain some steam. I never thought in, in my wildest dreams that there would ever be 7,000 subscribers. But, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that listen to my Let's Ride podcast, and they also listen uh, on YouTube, and they, they're they part of that live chat. So thank you very much to anyone that might have gone to YouTube and, you know, found us and subscribed. It's a great little community there, I'll, I'll put it that way. Speaking of community, I got to be honest, I don't know what it was. it was. It was on Friday's show of Let's Ride. I was talking about how one of my followers sent me a message on Twitter, and I was like, you know, he's a Ride or Die member. I was like, the Ride or Die crew, that's what, that's my list. Those are my listeners, those people that no matter what, you might not listen to all the other shows. I hope you do, but if you don't listen to all the other shows, you're like, even in the off season, I'm never missing Jeff's Let's Ride. If That's you. If you're listening to this, whatever day, whatever time does not matter, and you're thinking, yep, I never miss Let's Ride. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at some point, I'm tuning in, I'm catching up, I don't miss a thing. Welcome to the party, pal, as <laughs> as Bruce Willis said in Die Hard. Hey, the Ride or Die crew, welcome. I'm going to try to work something out. We've been using the hashtag Ride or Die crew uh, on Twitter, so if you uh, are on Twitter, follow me at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And uh, be a part of the fun fun group we got going there, the Ride or Die crew. So, all right, today's show is, it's kind of like, uh, it's just craziness, it's, it's a jumbled mess. There wasn't a lot of news with the Steelers. Uh, yeah, Art Rooney II spoke last Thursday, and uh, I don't know, I said this on the Steelers preview, it was, it was my idea to have the Steelers preview podcast titled with, Art Rooney Speaks, but should fans listen? I, at some point, maybe it's just me being jaded Maybe it's just me just kind of like kind of like being a stick in the mud as it pertains to the Steelers. I just get sick and tired of people blowing smoke. They just say all this stuff, and you're just like, okay, all right, yeah, okay. I'm that way with Mike Tomlin now. Like Mike Tomlin could come out and say, we're going to unleash hell in the month of August and September and October, and I, everyone would just roll their eyes and say, all right, man, just go out and do it, please. Just seriously, like don't talk about it, do it. I kind of feel that way about everything, and that includes Art Rooney II. And then Kevin Colbert talks this offseason at the uh, the pseudo-scouting combine. It would probably be the same with him. I mean, the you just hear the same thing over and over again. The the not the politically correct, but the PC comments, the very bland, very general, not giving you really any information. And look, I get it. I wouldn't want if I was a part of that organization, I wouldn't want the Jerry Jones owner. I wouldn't want the person to go. I wouldn't want Art Rooney the second taking the microphone and saying, I want a radio spot. On 105.9 The X with Mark Madden every single Wednesday talking about the Steelers. Nobody wants that. That's what Jerry Jones does. Nobody wants that. I guess I just, I don't put too much stock into what these people say. They're kind of like politicians to me at this point. They're going to tell you what you want to hear, and most of the time, nothing's going to happen. So I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about on this show. And I, all of a sudden, the other night, I want to say it was Saturday night, News goes through, and I get an update on my phone. It's from it's an ESPN update, and it says Matthew Stafford traded to the Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff. Jared Goff's heading to the Detroit Lions. And at first, I'm thinking, wow, like th- this is a big trade. This is a big move. Jared Goff was in a Super Bowl just a few years ago. Matthew Stafford has never even won a playoff game, nor has he ever been there that many times. But still, I'm thinking, this is a big trade. And this is going to have a ripple effect with a lot of different things, and some of those things could impact the Steelers. I know Michael Beck is going to be writing an article today, Monday, about 
how this trade could actually impact teams that might be looking for a quarterback in the 2021 NFL draft. And if the Steelers want to be a team that moves up to maybe get someone, it might have actually helped the Steelers. Check that out on the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. But the one thing I kept on thinking about is, this is a blockbuster trade, in my opinion. Like This is a big-time trade in the National Football League. And I know everyone right now um, is saying, well, you know, the trade's not finalized until the new league year starts in March. Yeah, this something could go wrong. There could be a physical issue, meaning you know, look at Jared Goff's thumb or something like that because he had to have surgery on his thumb late in the season in 2020. But still, if this deal goes through, this is a big, big trade. Because when you think about what teams are giving up, what teams are getting, and you look at the Rams, well, what are they getting? Well, they're getting out of Jared Goff's contract, number one. So the Detroit Lions are picking up his deal, and that's a big time deal. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of big cap hits in that deal. But the the Lions are saying we're going to pick that up. Then they get Matthew Stafford. The Rams get Matthew Stafford. They have to be excited about that. He's a good quarterback, big arm. Very talented. I, th- I think that he is, in my opinion, a top five to seven quarterback in the NFL. He's just never been on a very good team. Now, what do the Lions get outside of Jared Goff and his contract? They get a third round pick, I believe, in this year's draft, and then two upcoming, two fur- future first round draft picks. And so that's insane. And then you see the statistic that due to the Jared Goff trade, which just happened, and the Jalen Ramsey trade, with which happened last season. The Rams aren't going to have a first-round pick for something like the next seven years. I mean, you're talking about selling the farm for now. And there might be people out there that say, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is what we should see more of. And then there's people that are probably a little bit more like me that are thinking, wow, like how can you sustain yourself for seven years without a first-round pick? Yeah, the Steelers got did it last season because of the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. We'll talk about that later. But do you would you want to go into every single draft knowing, yeah, we don't have a top pick. We, we could have been lousy, and that pick could have been a top 10 pick, but instead, because we traded it away for Matthew Stafford, who you hope pans out, you hope he's the missing piece of the puzzle, you just don't know. You just don't know. And so what I decided to do for this podcast was, what would a blockbuster Steelers trade look like in 2021? So what would be a trade that people would say, wow, like this is a big trade. I can't believe the Steelers did that. And I think there's, I'm going to label these in two different types of trades. Okay. There's going to be player for player trades, similar to what we saw with, with Goff and Stafford. And there also could be draft trades and yes, they can intertwine like the, the Goff and Stafford trade where picks were definitely distributed. It wasn't just player for player. So let's talk about player for player. Let's do a little deal or no deal. All right, deal or no deal. Everyone remembers that show. I think it was Howie Mandel was the host, and you had to listen to what's happening and say deal or no deal. All right, so let's talk about this player for player trade. This is just this is literally. Not, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying I want it to happen. I'm just giving this as examples. So let's say Deshaun Watson. He wants out of Houston. Okay, he wants out of Houston. Let's say the Pittsburgh Steelers pick up the phone. And they say, "Here's the deal. We're, we're not going to be Ben Roethlisberger's done." And Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins do not interest us at all. We want our next quarterback for the foreseeable future, and we think Deshaun Watson is that guy. So we want to give you Houston Texans. We will give you this year's first-round pick. So the Steelers would give up their first-round pick. 
We'll give up next year's first round pick and we'll give up a 2023 third round pick for Deshaun Watson. Deal or no deal? Okay, so think about that. That's a rhetorical question. I'll, I'll get to you. I'll give you my answers in a second. Then let's say it's the same deal, but now it's for Aaron Rodgers because we know Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers doesn't sure doesn't sure about his future. They obviously drafted a quarterback last year in the first round in Jordan Love. Are they ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers? The sting of that NFC Championship loss is still lingers. So if the Steelers caught him up and said, hey, Green Bay, you know, uh, Ben's done. We want to win, and we think Aaron Rodgers can be the guy. So what about if we give you our first-round pick this year, our first-round pick next year, and a third in 2023? Do you make that deal? Deal or no deal? Hmm, these are interesting. These are interesting to me. Now, there's some of you that might say, no deal, no deal, no deal. Never making that deal. You're never pulling the trigger on that. And you were probably the same people that said, when the Steelers traded a first-round pick to Miami for Minka Fitzpatrick, that you said, oh my gosh, you're flipping tables and you're throwing stuff and you're yelling and you're on your keyboard or on Twitter just tweeting away, fire Tomlin, fire Colbert, fire Rooney. I'm not sure you fire an owner, but you get my drift. So to me, I would make that deal for Deshaun Watson. I would say deal. Because Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, has at least 10 good years of football left in him. I know he had the ACL tear, but still, he has about 10 good years left in him. I think in a system like Pittsburgh, in an organization like Pittsburgh, not only could they sustain giving up that that capital, meaning the draft picks, etc., I'm not going to make the deal for Aaron Rodgers, though, because I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers has five years left in him, let alone 10. So if I get to Sean Watson, I'm comfortable that he could be the quarterback for the Steelers for the next decade. Aaron Rodgers, no. And that's why I'm not giving up those high picks. And I know a third-round pick, you can get that in comp and as a compensatory pick, a comp pick. But I'm not making that deal with Aaron Rodgers. Not at all. Not that I don't think he's talented. I just don't think he's worth all of that. Not at this stage in his career. Now, would I give up a first-round this year for Aaron Rodgers and that's it? Maybe this, give up a 20, or the 24th pick in this year's first round and maybe a player or something? Yeah, now we're talking, but I'm not giving up all that for Aaron Rodgers. So I would say no deal to that one. Here's another one. J.J. Watt. Everyone is talking about J.J. Watt. The Houston Texans are supposedly, they're kind of done with him. And even though he's been the Defensive Player of the Year three times, he's been a great member of the Houston community. He's done a lot of good down there for that community. He's a great individual, seems like, on or off the field. Let's run this scenario by you. J.J. Watt goes to the Steelers. You give up a 2021 second-round pick and a 2022 third-round pick. Do you make that deal? Now, there's a lot of questions about salary and things of that nature. I would probably make that deal. I'd probably make that deal, but you have to ask yourself, what exactly would he be doing in that defense? So let's let's go on. When you're talking about player-for-player trades, because what I just did right there was, you know, Deshaun Watson goes to Pittsburgh. Here's a bunch of here's a bunch of picks for him. Well, what if the Steelers were actually going to deal a player? or more than one player. Who would be some of those players? I'm looking at, because the Steelers' salary cap space, I'm looking at, okay, what would be uh, someone that could give the Steelers more flexibility in terms of the cap, as well as someone that would actually be valuable in a trade? This is what drives me absolutely bonkers. And we see it on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com in the comment section. You see it on Facebook all the time. You see it on Twitter especially. 
Someone always says, well, let's just trade Juju Smith-Schuster for a first-round pick. Now, he's going to be a free agent. You understand what I'm saying, though. Does anyone in their right mind think that Juju Smith-Schuster is worth a first-round pick? No. No, he's not worth a first-round draft pick. He isn't. He wasn't a first-round pick himself. He's not playing to that level. If Antonio Brown, and mind you, he had a lot of issues off the field, which has been well-documented, can only get you a third and a fifth, then Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to get you a one. It's just not going to happen that way. But the player that you're going to talk about has to be someone that another team would covet, that they would want. So please don't say, well, you know what they should do is they should just trade Terrell Edmonds. Just trade Terrell Edmonds for a first-round pick. Get out of here. You just you literally cannot make yourself sound any dumber than if you say something like that. Number one, does anyone want Terrell Edmonds? Maybe there's a couple teams that would want him. Does anyone in their right mind think he's worth a, a first-round pick? If they do, get them to a hospital. Get them some mental help. He's not worth a first-round pick. But here are some players that could be, uh, you know, I, cap casualties is a term that gets used a lot. Here are some players that could potentially be dealt and would actually help the Steelers in a lot of ways, depending on their cap. But you look at someone like Joe Hayden. Now, Joe Hayden has had health issues, meaning he hasn't been able to stay healthy a lot, but still playing good football would save the Steelers some cap space and could be someone that they dangle and say to other teams, hey, we're trying to get, uh, maybe we're just trying to get some picks and we're trying to trade somebody. Another name, Steven Nelson. I don't think you would get rid of both, but if you get rid of one, that's a possibility. David DeCastro. Now, there's already been rumors that the Steelers might be shopping DeCastro with you know they, the odds of them signing Matt Filer cheaper and Kevin Dotson coming back. He could potentially be expendable, and he also has a very high cap hit in the 2021 season, would save the Steelers some money. Here's another name, two names that you might be shocked I put out there. Stefan Tuitt. I'm a big Stefan Tuitt fan. I did, I did an entire podcast last offseason on him, and now he's the Superman the defense needs. He's coming off a career year with 11 and a half sacks. Stefan Tuitt's overall value might never be higher than what it is right now. And so they might say, well, hey, we'll dangle Tuitt out there. Maybe someone wants him, and we can get some really good return for him. Cam Hayward's another one. He just signed that big contract, and I understand that he's a big time. He's Everyone thought that he's going to be a Steeler for life, but sometimes when things get tough, and right now things are tough for the Steelers with the salary cap, when things get tough, you got to make some tough decisions. And maybe he's someone too. I'm not saying, again, all these players, Eric Ebron, he's another name. Not coming off the best year, but athletic tight ends like him, they can have value. Trust me. I am not saying, I'll repeat this again. I am not saying or suggesting that this is going to happen or that I want it to happen. I don't want Stefan Tua to go anywhere. I'm saying that from an organizational standpoint, his value's never been higher. I don't necessarily want David DeCastro to go anywhere, but at the same time, I could see it being a potential possibility for the Steelers based on his salary cap hit and based on the fact that maybe he's getting a little long in the tooth. But remember, the people that are getting into these trade situations have to want the player. So when you're talking about player for player, you know, if you're packaging a player with picks to get someone that's a big name player like Deshaun Watson or something like that, you're going to have to put in some players with value. And it's tough to it's a tough pill to swallow a lot of times, but it's what you have to do if you want to make these blockbuster trades, which is what we're talking about. It's exactly what we're talking about. Now, we're going to take a quick break. When I come back after the break, I'm going to talk about draft day trades 
Okay, and then also some other stuff like the Pro Bowl and stuff like that to finish up the show. So stay right, stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of this Let's Ride podcast. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope your weekend, is, or I'm sorry, your weekend, your week week is getting off to a great start. I know that mine is, and I thank you for taking some time to spend it with me. Ride or die crew, what's up? Let's get this thing started on the second half of this show. All right, let's talk about some draft day trades, okay? The draft day trades. I am someone that I love the draft, but I really love it when teams start wheeling and dealing. When teams start trading, I feel like it makes the draft so exciting. The draft by itself is exciting. The draft with trades is must-watch TV, for me at least. People that sit there and watch the draft and 1 through 32 go through the first round and there's no movement, there's no trades, I find that boring. I find that boring. I'm not, I don't find the Steelers pick to be boring because I'm obviously interested in that. But I find when all of a sudden a team, and the Steelers have done this, multiple times and you know they like when they traded up in 2003 to get Troy Polamalu when they traded up two years ago to get Devin Bush that's exciting that makes it exciting and I love draft day trades I really do and even if it doesn't involve the Steelers when all of a sudden you hear the trade alert uh oh someone's making a trade they're dealing someone's jumping up and then you're sitting there and you're wondering oh man who's jumping up and who are they trying to get who are they making a move to get because if they make a move to get someone that you covet that you want, man, that's a, that's a that's tough. That's a gut gut wrenching feeling. But still, when I look at these type of draft day trades, you're looking at trades for picks, or you throw a player involved. So you th- look at look, the Minka Fitzpatrick trade is the very perfect example. The Steelers wanted the safety. They knew that they could get him because he was disgruntled down in Miami. And so they said, okay, you can take our first round pick in the 2020 draft and we get Minka Fitzpatrick. So they're giving up that pick. That's a essentially a draft. That's a draft trade. And it worked out. I don't think anyone was sitting there thinking, man, I, I wish they had that first round pick. Yeah, but you got Minka Fitzpatrick. Think about that. But then there's the draft day trades like that Devin Bush trade that I talked about, where if you move up, then you really are going after someone. And I've been very vocal that I think the Steelers should be aggressive in this 2021 NFL draft if if a quarterback is available that they like. I don't like them moving from 24 all the way up to, say, 7 or 8. I think that's that's going to cost them way too much. But if a prospect is there, let's say 10 to 12, pick 10, 11, or 12, and the Steelers are sitting there thinking, okay, Maybe someone 
like a Trey, like a Trey Lance is the guy that I've talked about a lot. I like him a lot, and he hasn't played much. He didn't play at all this season except for one game because they didn't have it due to COVID nineteen. His season didn't happen, so there's going to be a lot of unknown about him. He is someone I could see either jumping up the boards, meaning he's moving up in the correct direction. He's becoming a top five pick, or it's going to be someone that if let's say his workout for North Dakota State doesn't go that well, he could slide. And you could see people saying, ah, they're not very, people aren't very high on uh, Trey Lance right now. He didn't perform well. There's a lot of questions about him coming out of college. When you start hearing Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and some of these other draft Nick talking heads start to talk like that, well, now all of a sudden you're thinking this guy might fall. And if he gets there and you think he's worth it and you think he's the future, you make a move to go get him. And so when people hear this and they think the Steelers would never do that, they don't, that's not how they operate. That's not necessarily the case, at least not with Art Rooney calling the shots. Art Rooney the second. We talked about the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. That was a that was a bold move. And they got lucky and it paid off. The draft day trade to go up and get Devin Bush, a bold move. I'd say it paid off. Devin Bush is really good. I know he tours ACL this year, but let's not uh forget the fact that he's going to be really good for a really long time. So I think that the Steelers, when it comes to these draft trades, another blockbuster option outside of like a player drafted a player for player trade that I talked about in the first segment, you could have a draft trade. You could send some picks or you could get a player. Oh, it could be exciting. These trades, if, I know. It, let me tell you this. For me, fantasy football, the traditional fantasy football, has guys gotten so stale. It's gotten so stale. I don't play traditional fantasy football anymore. Why? Because every league that I used to be in, I would be the one that was always pumping trades out. Hey, I'll trade you this guy, this guy for this guy. No, 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 I like my team. I like my team. I'm not making a trade. I find that boring. I don't know why. I just find it boring. That's why I like daily fantasy football with like FanDuel or DraftKings, whatever you use. It's the same with this type of off-season maneuvers. I love when you see these trades, Stafford and Goff going, and you're seeing picks and Teams that are being aggressive and teams that might be getting a haul in, the, in return and what are they giving up? I mean, I find this to be intriguing to the max. This is why, in my opinion, the NFL offseason, if they have these type of trades more often, it becomes must-watch TV almost as much as you know regular season play. This is exciting. Could the Steelers get involved? I don't. I don't predict them to be that involved this season this offseason as much as maybe if it was a regular year where the salary cap was going to increase and because it always does they're not sure about that and because that uncertainty i can see the steelers being a little bit more conservative clinging to those draft picks because when those when the draft picks get announced they're going to need as many as they can when you look at the free agents they have coming up you really need to hit this draft out of the park and they're going to need as many picks as they can get so i'm not sure they're going to be as crazy with the trades and stuff this offseason but you never know you never know. A lot of people laughed at us at Behind the Steel Curtain when it was being toyed around that Minka Fitzpatrick could be on the trade block. Everyone said, yeah, right. The Steelers are not going to get Minka Fitzpatrick. Same thing happened when Joe Hayden got released from Cleveland. We wrote about it. Could the Steelers be interested in Joe Hayden? Yeah, right. The Steelers aren't going to get Joe Hayden. It's happened before. It can happen again. You just don't know. And that's what makes it exciting. All right, so let's talk about another topic. I was going to use this as a as a crux for an entire show, and I decided just to do a little bit on the end of this show. Um, it's what you know. I was sitting there. I woke up. It was Sunday morning. I woke up and I was like, "Okay, it's at Sunday, obviously, January thirty first, two thousand twenty one." And I'm thinking about 
how there's no football this weekend. Uh, the, you know, it's the weekend in between the the Super Bowl and the the championship weekend, which is usually the Pro Bowl weekend. I'll get to that in a second. I'm not. Oh, trust me. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but I was thinking, hey, when is when are the Steelers going to be a, a team that is this weekend is preparing for another Super Bowl? I got to be honest, it's tough to envision at this point. It's really tough to envision seeing the Steelers being the AFC representative prepping for the Super Bowl the next weekend. It feels like forever ago since they were, and it was forever ago since they were. Uh, it's been since 2010 that they were actually in the Super Bowl. They obviously they, they lost that game to the Packers. It's been since 08-09 since they, they went and won. It's been a long time. And when you look at this team and you look at Ben Roethlisberger and he's either done or is in the final years of his career and you don't know who's going to be behind him in terms of you know passing the, the baton at the quarterback position, you could talk about defense till you're blue in the face, but you got to have something on offense to, to win in this modern NFL. It's just the way that it works now. And so for that, I, I just... I guess I just wanted to talk myself off the proverbial ledge a little bit with this segment and just say, man, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. And I wish I was the typical super, super optimistic Jeff that most people are accustomed to hearing. And and maybe, just maybe, maybe in 2021, if Ben Roethlisberger can come back, he rehabs a whole, he, he's done with the rehab. He's just actually getting ready for the season in 2021. If they can get his cap hit down, and they can somehow find a way to to maybe make some improvements on the roster outside of the draft. Maybe the Steelers have one more year where it's a possibility. But the AFC's tough. It is tough with the Chiefs and the Bills and the Ravens and we obviously know the Browns. The division, the the Steelers division, the AFC North is not getting easier, folks. Not getting easier at all. And they have a tough schedule next year as well. First place schedule. You're talking about playing the Titans. You got to go to Buffalo, to Arrowhead next year. All I'm saying is it, it just seems like a long shot, and that's that's lousy. It's a lousy feeling for a fan base, and the Steelers fans have been spoiled. They've been spoiled. But, you know, typically this is Pro Bowl weekend. This is the Pro Bowl weekend that is not happening this year due to COVID-19, and i got to be honest with you, there hasn't been a ton of good in the sports realm that has come from COVID-19. This is one of them for me. God, I hope that the NFL sees this and says, I don't think we ever need to have an actual game again. Nobody wants to watch the Pro Bowl. I know people do, but nobody wants to watch the Pro Bowl. It's the most most worthless piece of crap I've ever seen in my life. You have guys going out there that are literally just barely hitting each other. They're essentially just stand them up and hold them, and then the whistle blows early so that there's no injuries. If you're going to play a game like that, just don't even play at all. They're doing a Madden simulation, I think, or they did something like that. I don't. I'm not paying attention to that stuff. But that's that's probably more entertaining than actually watching people go out there and pretend to play football. That's what it is. They're pretending to play football. And unless you go back to Sean Taylor blowing up the Buffalo Bills punter in the in the Pro Bowl, there's there's no hard hits going on in the Pro Bowl. There's not people that are caring. It's worthless. It's worthless. Give me. The quarterback challenge, give me a flag football game in the sand or something like that, and I would be more entertained than watching a bunch of guys that could care less about playing in this game pretend to care because that's what it's turned into. 
they are pretending to care about a game that means nothing. All they care about is the Pro Bowl name. I'm a Pro Bowler. I'm a because a lot of them get bonuses in their contracts if they make the Pro Bowl. So in this regard, all they care about is the moniker of I made the Pro Bowl, and that's it. You know, you, if you go back and the Steelers on their social media channels just put out the fact that TJ Watt last year had that scoop and score for a touchdown. Watch the player that I think it was Kirk Cousins for the NFC who gets sacked and he drops the ball. Watch the player that hits Kirk Cousins. He's literally trying to catch him so that he doesn't hit the ground before TJ Watt comes by and picks up the ball. It's pathetic. It's not football. I don't want to see it. If the NFL says, you know what, we're never going to do the Pro Bowl again, you're going to hear me giving him a nice round of applause because the game's worthless. It means nothing. Save me the time and energy by just canning it. Just can it. You know, it's like the All-Pro. If you become an All-Pro player, yeah, that's a that's that's more of an honor than a Pro Bowl. Do they have an All-Pro game? No, they don't. Does anyone does that somehow lessen the All-Pro tag? No, no, it doesn't. I don't care if you know they moved it in between the week before the Super Bowl, thinking fans are going to crave that football. That's not football. So they can save it, save it, get it, get rid of it, get rid of it. If COVID does anything good, it's, if it gets rid of the Pro Bowl. Okay, good job. All right, folks, that's it for me. I hope you all have a great start to your week. I hope Monday's been good to you. I hope that you're ready for a... I'm sure there's going to be some news for the Steelers this week. They still have to hire a bunch of coaches. I would assume that that's going to be happening sooner rather than later. Uh, Offensive line coach, secondary coach, um, quarterbacks coach are the three vacancies still remaining, so we'll have that for you. I'll be talking about that on Wednesday as well as... We'll give you a little tease. little tease on Wednesday. I want to take a little look back at that 2020 draft class. How good was it? Was it better than you thought? We'll talk about it. Have a great week, everyone. A good start to your week. I'll be back on Wednesday as we always finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. Here we go. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.